listening to the Casting for Fun podcast, the show that talks about entertainment, sports, music, and inspirational stories for all to enjoy. We're glad that you could join us today. Please sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Now, here is your host, Albert Pineda. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Casting for Fun podcast. I am your host, Albert Pineda. And for this week's episode, I'm going to be having a Christmas movie conversation with my good friend, Nathan Wolf. Uh, Nathan's returning to the show. And Nathan, being a huge fan of movies, uh, particularly Christmas movies, it seemed ideal, perfect time to sit down with him and talk about it. Because, uh, again, we're right in the midst of the Christmas season. So it's the perfect time to just... Uh, sit on the couch with loved ones, friends, family, or, or even if you're just by yourself uh, to sit down and enjoy the really cool, awesome, entertaining Christmas movies that are available to us. There are so many to choose from. So so Nathan and I go over some of our favorites. Uh, a good portion of them are probably movies that you enjoy as well, like, you know, Elf and Home Alone and even like Hollywood classics like It's a Wonderful Life and Miracle on 34th Street. And we go into some like deeper cut Christmas movies as well, and even discuss uh, movies that take place at Christmas time, which uh, by some aren't really seen necessarily as being Christmas, a Christmas movie itself, but we we talk about those type of movies, how enjoyable and fun they are as well. So yeah, this is a really fun conversation with, with Nathan Wolf in regards to Christmas movies, so I hope you enjoy it. Uh, minor spoilers, and in some cases major spoilers for some of these movies that we're going to be discussing. Okay, so here we go. This is my Christmas movie conversation with Nathan Wolf. Returning to the Casting for Fun podcast tonight is my good friend, Nathan Wolf. Nathan, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing excellent. How about yourself? I'm doing, doing really good, too. I mean, I, I love this time of year. It's just really fun, and there's so many festivities, things going on, parties. Uh, the, the holiday season, particularly Christmas, is really, really fun. So Yeah, it, it's fun, but it's, it's a busy time, but uh, it's fun, so... Yeah, uh, well, definitely at this time of year, I just love watching the the movies. I mean, there's been so many movies probably made more of this particular holiday than anything else, considering the mass appeal of Christmas, which I guess is really, really yeah. cool. Uh, some are really good, some maybe not so good, but I just love just talking Christmas movies because I think it's just fun. Mm-hmm. For sure. And then I also same. love the the concept of talking Christmas, uh, talking about movies that take place at Christmas time, where people just kind of like uh, debate as to whether or not they actually are Christmas movies. And I think I remember you mentioned you you are a fan of Die Hard and Gremlins movies of that nature. So I think it'd be fun to talk about those as well. Yeah, I'm I'm definitely on the side of if it takes place during Christmas, it's a Christmas movie for me. I'm not I'm not too uh, hung up on you know on those type of details, but. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we'll get we'll get very cool. Very cool. So, yeah. So starting out just talking about some of our some of more uh, traditional Christmas movies that I think are really good, particularly going to the golden age of Hollywood. Uh, it's a Wonderful Life. Is that one one of your favorites or is that one one that you enjoy? I so that might be my favorite. It's it's a toss up between that and Home Alone, but that might be my favorite Christmas movie. Oh, and it's cool. weird. I didn't we didn't grow up watching it. Um, I saw it in the theater. I think maybe 10 or 12 years ago uh i was living by myself i was dating my wife and she was home for christmas and so i had i was kind of like alone for christmas and i went and saw that on christmas eve and now we watch it every year on christmas eve uh since we've been married and i love it i think it's almost a, you know, it's, it's a perfect movie even not even a christmas you know perfect christmas movie but i, I just love it 
Oh, yeah, yeah, me too, me too. Uh, you know, it's actually kind of interesting that, you know, I, I also know that you're a big fan of uh, Kevin Conroy, who was the voice actor for Batman in the animated series. I mean, I know for the, the mm-hmm. geek fandom, I mean, it was a huge loss to lose him at such a young age. It was only, I guess, in his mid-50s yeah. or maybe early 60s? Yeah, I think so. I think, yeah, I think, I think that's right. Okay, so I don't know if you remember the, the Christmas episode where the Joker kidnaps uh, the Gordons. And uh, I, I yes. remember that particular episode, it was just a, a holiday tradition for Bruce Wayne that he even mentioned in that particular cartoon episode that he loved watching It's a For Wonderful Life on Christmas Eve. So that was kind of like integrated oh. into the plot, which I thought was kind of interesting. Yeah, and it's it's a movie that shows up in Christmas movies, uh, you know, like in Homeland 1 and 2, uh, they're watching it in France in French, mm-hmm. and then they're watching it in Spanish when they're in Florida in the second one. And then also, uh, I believe Russ is watching it on uh, Christmas vacation. Like he's just sitting on the couch. I think I'm pretty sure that's the movie that's on as he's, you know, it's all, it's like, it's become its own, uh, you know, like it's well known in Christmas movies. Yeah. You know, like it's, it's shown a lot in Christmas movies. So it's just like, you know, a staple for, for all ages. And, you know, it's just, it's just funny that it shows up in, pop culture so much so oh absolutely yeah yeah Uh, i did want to share just a few facts about the movie and if you had any to share as well please feel free but uh that was interesting when i was doing some research about it from uh i I looked it up online with the website uh, countryliving.com uh apparently the the set was built on four acres in encino california filmed in 1946 at the time Yeah, yeah one of the biggest at the time uh and i guess at that time that summer of 46 i mean it's also just weird to me that a christmas movie is filled at summertime but i guess there was a really yeah. bad big heat wave going on at the time so if you look closely yeah, there's scenes gonna, yeah, where jimmy stewart's like sweating <laughs> yeah which i never you know thought like oh he's sweating because it's hot but he's just because it's usually like in the, the time where he's like kind of freaking out of what's yeah. going on like you know how people's lives have been affected because you know spoiler alert you know it's show you know uh clarence is showing him what it's like if he didn't exist because you know he wanted to commit suicide and i always thought it was just like his intensity of the shock of everything and he's you know he's running around town you know like he he runs home he runs to the bar he you know he's just i'm like i was just i'm like even though it's cold outside you still sweat you know so i uh I think it works for the movie, you know, even though it is funny that it was filmed during a heat wave. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, and actually, thank you for reminding me about that. At the top of the show, I meant to mention that this episode is going to feature spoilers, some some minor spoilers for movies, but then some major spoilers, too. It just depends on how our conversation goes. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, uh, It's a Wonderful Life has been parodied and like there's I remember there's a Rugrats episode where I think Ochucky which is like he wasn't born or something like that. And it shows like, you know, how all the other babies like are totally different because he's not around and things like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember that growing up and it, you know, there's just, even, even if you know what the plot is, I, you should watch the movie. Uh, you know, oh, even I- people who haven't seen it's a wonderful life, they kind of know what it's about just because it's been, you know, parodied and, you know, it's in pop culture so much, but yeah, and released like seventy years ago. So, <laughs> yes, it's yeah, it's a very old movie as well. So, yeah. but uh, two other uh, fun facts I wanted to bring up. So the the famous scene where they're dancing at the high school gym, and then the the pool is underneath, and then 
the lever is pulled mm-hmm. and everyone falls in. That's actually at uh, Beverly Hills High School here in Southern California. So yeah. a pretty famous high school. And then someone and, uh, about to... Oh, uh, I was just going to say, and the guy who pushes the button uh, is Alfalfa from, yeah. you know, <laughs> our game, uh, uh, Little Rascal, you know, fame from the original Alfalfa, so. Yeah, I was just going to mention that. That's really funny. So Carl Switzer, the the actor who played Alfalfa, who I guess went uncredited yep. technically in the, the movie, but it is a little fun fact that yep. he was the one who did it. <laughs> so up to, up to yeah. his hijinks, that's what he did when he was a kid. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he never grew out of it. Yeah, yeah. And then what? one other thing I wanted to mention about It's a Wonderful Life, it is interesting to me that the vast majority of the movie takes place outside of Christmas, outside of Christmas. But yet it's considered to be yes. one of the all time greatest Christmas classics. And it wasn't really until like the 70s and 80s when I guess the the royal the rights for uh, distributing it on TV were released. Well, that's when it really became like a holiday staple. So uh yeah like as you mentioned i mean it just becomes just a holiday tradition for everybody to to watch that feel good inspiring movie so it's definitely one of my favorites yeah yeah and the performances are so good in it as well jimmy stewart just uh you know you feel so bad like you just want george to you know chase his dreams and become you know like he wants to go out there and explore and experience life and he just keeps getting pulled back into the town, you know, for different reasons. And you just feel so bad for him the whole time. Like, you know, like, I just want George to be happy and, do, you know, do what he desires. But, uh, you know, it kind of always falls short for him, unfortunately. But mm-hmm. yeah, absolutely. Uh, was there anything else with uh, It's a Wonderful Life that you wanted to mention? No, uh, 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 we mentioned uh, the couple of things like you even mentioned a couple of things that I thought of. Uh, with the with the heat wave and then also i think they invented their own snow like a new type of snow for movies oh i heard I about what that. it was yeah with it because i think they used to use like potato flakes but they um they had to use i wish i remembered off the top of my head but but yeah they invented a new snow for movies for that movie because yeah, which is so really cool it. which i'm assuming they did to, in order for it to not melt so quickly if they were in fact yes going to heat wave. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. And you just see puddles of water everywhere. Yeah. Uh, so. Oh, very cool. Very cool. Yeah. Let's move on to uh, it's a uh, I'm sorry, uh, Miracle on 34th Street. Uh, this was one that I really enjoyed as a kid because my my parents, especially my dad, are, are they're both really big on uh, classic Hollywood movies. So I remember watching okay. this oftentimes with my dad, like we would just sit down and watch it. And even though it was an older movie, I actually enjoyed it when I was a little kid. Uh this, that's okay. This is I have a confession. This is like one Christmas movie that I have yet to watch. Oh, so you would recommend watching it? I do. I absolutely recommend it. I think it's really good. Uh, there's a remake from the 90s, but uh, but this is the one to watch. I think the one from uh, 1947. Oh, okay. uh, and it's, so and it's just a, it's just about a girl who she's not sure if Santa's real or not, and some like or can you like give a little synopsis of yeah i'll give a little synopsis but i won't give away too many plot details i'll leave it fresh for you uh so yeah basically uh there's a a man who claims to be santa claus and the rest of the town's like having a hard time believing that's really him uh even the little girl who's kind of raised to be kind of like very skeptical and not really like believe Mm -hmm. in like uh childhood fantasies type of things like that so eventually he wins over the 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 man santa claus wins over the girl wins over uh the mother who who works for uh macy's the department store in in new york yeah 
Um, and uh, he actually goes to trial to, to try and actually prove whether or not he's yeah. actually Santa Claus. And I'll, I'll leave it at that. But uh, the actor who plays him, um, uh, Ed, Edmund Gwynn, is actually the only actor to ever win an Oscar for portraying Santa Claus in the film, which I thought was pretty cool. Oh, he won for that movie. Yeah, that's yeah. Oh, that's awesome. okay. I need to watch, I need to watch it then. So yeah, I definitely I mean, recommend it. He's that. one of my favorite on-screen <clears throat> Santa Clauses. Him and uh, Ed Asner, who played uh, Santa Claus in uh, Elf. So we, when we'll get to Elf eventually. But oh yeah, the two, two of my favorite Santa Clauses on screen. That is that's a good one. Oh, that's a good that's a good like question. Who's your favorite on-screen Santa? So, yeah, do you have one in particular that you that you lean towards or? I'm trying to think. Um, you know what? Uh, this wasn't on when you mentioned, but I, I'm sure you've maybe seen it, but Ernest Saves Christmas. I always thought that Santa was an excellent, I mean, besides, I know it's a wacky movie about, uh-huh. uh, you know, with Ernest, you know, Ernest World, but uh, I always thought that Santa, he sent, like, he. that's just like, when he talks, that's what I hear Santa in my head as, so. Oh, okay. Very cool. That that one, I I think I was really young when I watched it. I haven't seen it recently, so that one, am I am I trying? No, yeah, I, I haven't seen it recently either. But it's been it's been years. But uh, yeah, for some reason, I always liked that Santa growing up. I always thought he thought he was really good. So oh, very cool, very cool. Okay, let's move on to uh, Home Alone. So this one's definitely one of my favorite uh, modern classics, and there's so many yes. interesting facts about Home Alone. Uh, John Hughes wrote the script. Uh, specifically for Macaulay Culkin in mind while they were filming Uncle Buck, which I think was uh, Macaulay Culkin's on-screen debut. Uh, And then obviously John Candy works very closely with John Hughes' various movie roles. So it makes sense that he would have him appear as a cameo appearance in the movie. And I guess his scenes only Mm -hmm. got filmed in just one day. So they got to use him pretty quickly. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, And he has Um, some of the funniest parts of the whole movie. (laughs) (laughs) The the story he tells about um, his... That his kid at the uh, funeral parlor is just yeah. <laughs> that was really cool. Uh, again, these facts are from the website mentalfloss.com. Uh, so even though John Hughes specifically wanted Macaulay Culkin for the role of Kevin McAllister, apparently the director Chris Columbus wanted to audition, or they did audition like over a hundred voice, but they ended up still going okay. with Macaulay Culkin, which I thought was interesting. And you know, when I, when I was doing these this research research for movies, it seemed kind of interesting to me that. A lot of these movies are kind of tied together with, with, you know, depending on who was working on it, for instance. uh, So Chris Columbus directed this movie, but he also wrote the Mm -hmm. screenplay for Gremlins. And we're going to get to Gremlins eventually. Yes. That was uh, pretty fascinating, too. Uh, Let me see. Here, um, it had the the highest. It was the highest grossing movie of 1990, and then it had like the record for like the highest grossing comedy movie for a long time, which was pretty fascinating. Pretty cool. So I remember just being a huge, massive hit in the theaters when it came out. Yeah, did you see it in the in the theater? I did. I did. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, yeah that got Christmas in 1990 when I was 10 years old. That was a really fun experience. Yeah, yeah um, I was. I was. But I do remember seeing it in the theater. So. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this this fact I thought was really interesting. So the McAllister House is a very famous tourist attraction in uh, uh Win- Winnec- Winneka. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Uh, a suburb of Chicago. Which is also interesting that uh, John Hughes, I mean, because I guess he's from, he's a native of Chicago. He bases a lot of his movies from that yeah. area. All, uh, yeah, all his movies take place in the Chicago area. So, 
Yeah, yeah. And then uh, the address, uh, it was listed on the website. It's uh, 761 Lincoln Boulevard in uh, Winneka, uh, Illinois. And then in the scene when Kevin's calling the police to, to lead uh, the, the wet bandits away, he gives the address of uh, 656 for his uh, uh, neighbor Murphy. So I guess that's a real address as well, which is pretty cool. Just a little minor detail. Oh, yeah. So, so, so the, re the real house is located at 761, and he gives his neighbor's address at uh, 656, which is kind of cool. Oh. <laughs> yeah. So, so what would be your memories of Home Alone? If you mentioned that's one of your favorites, what, what do you think is the appeal of that movie to you? You know, it's, um, I mean, there's also, you know, there's obviously nostalgia, but this, okay, the soundtrack is amazing. John Williams' score is mm -hmm. like, I think he was it was nominated. I can't I can't remember if he won or not. Um, but it, the score is excellent. Mm -hmm. It's very funny. Um, it's also like I know you. It's like you think of Home Alone and you think of Kevin setting up traps to you know catch burglars. But one of my favorite scenes is in the church when he meet when he finally talks to um, I know they call him Old Man Marley, the South Bend shovel slayer. Yeah, you know he finally talks to him at, like being scared of them and everything and he you know he finds out that they they're you know they have a lot of in common they have problems that they're trying to work through you know with family and mm -hmm. relationships and they just has a really special moment for you know maybe like a 10 minute scene but uh i always love that scene because it's just you know I, I always feel like people if they just sat down and talked they'd find out that they have a lot more in common than you know than differences if they could just kind of finally you know face each other and you know just just shoot the breeze for a second so i always love that scene uh as well and uh you know it's just there's a lot of greens and reds in the movie you know like and it's just very it just has a warm christmas feel Catherine o'hara is excellent in it mm -hmm. uh, she's excellent everything she does uh Joe Pesci and Daniel Stern are hilarious as the burglars. And yeah, it's, it's just a combination of a lot of things. So, and it has a lot of famous scenes, you know, him slapping his face after yeah. he, you know, puts on, puts on the aftershave, mm -hmm. uh, you know, it just, it skyrocketed Macaulay Culkin into a huge star. So. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So I agree with you, Nathan. I think it was just the perfect balance of being like the really silly slapstick uh, humor with the, the whole uh, concept of like, you know, the kid taking out the burglars, which again was so funny to me when I was a kid. And I think it still holds up pretty oh, well, yeah. too. And then yeah. at the same time, the, the sentimental aspect of it, like, you know, a lot of kids probably that age at, at things maybe say harsh things to their families uh, when they know they don't mean it, but they just kind of just say it. So uh, it, it's nice you know, to see anger. Yeah, yeah. So it's nice that Kevin, you know, comes around and realizes that yes, at, at the holidays, I mean, you really do love your family and you you want them close to you. So, yeah, and it was a perfect time for that movie to be made because people have oftentimes made the jokes that like that could never happen today with the modern technology that we have. Oh yeah, it's so. <laughs> so yeah, Home Alone is definitely a classic. I'm I'm assuming everybody who's listening to this podcast has seen Home Alone and loves it as well. So yeah, Very yeah, cool. it's uh. It's it's really good. Uh, I wanted to move on to Elf, unless you had anything else from Home Alone that you wanted to share. Um, no, uh, well, I, this is a, a minor thing, but 
uh, in high school, there was a band called South Bend Shovel Slayer. And oh. I always thought that was like the coolest <laughs> band name. Uh, you know, it's just like, it sounds cool. And also if you get the reference, you know, it makes it even, even cooler. But yeah, I just remember that in, at a Clindor high school, there's a band called South Bend Shovel Slayer, like a high school band. So anyways, that, that's a tidbit on that. So. Oh, very cool. Very cool. Uh, Elf. Elf is another one of those, uh, like, instant uh, modern classics which again everyone i'm, I'm assuming who's yes has seen as well but a few fun facts about that uh jim carrey was initially considered for the role of buddy the elf so i guess like production for this movie hadn't been gone back all the way to like the early mid 90s uh so for whatever okay. reason it just wasn't getting done in time uh finally when it did get done it was directed by john favreau who i love it's just really awesome uh, yes. actor and director who also makes a cameo appearance as a pediatrician uh, I, I think right. normally he does make uh, those appearances in his movies. Uh, the the stop motion animation uh, that was used for the North Pole is obviously inspired by Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer. So tying together with yeah. other holiday classics, I think is really cool effect that a lot of a lot of these Christmas movies do. Uh, Peter Billingsley, who who played Ralphie, makes a cameo appearance as one of the elves at the North Pole, which is really cool to see that as well. Yes. Yeah, I guess uh, him. Favreau and Vince Vaughn are like really good friends and uh, uh, I know Peter Billingsley he directed a Christmas movie as a Four Christmases with Vince Vaughn oh okay have you, have you, I don't know if you've seen that uh, but yeah he directed that starring Vince Vaughn and I think John Favreau produced that movie so oh cool there's a and Peter Billingsley is also in Iron Man 1 I'm sure I'm sure you knew that but yeah yeah very unrecognizable because he, I guess he's wearing a bald yeah. to look like you know he's an older man but uh, a disgruntled yeah and I think he has a must yeah and he has a mustache and yeah uh, then he he appears in uh Spider-Man uh, was it No Way Home uh Far From Home the one where they go to Europe Far from home. yeah that's right from yes home, yeah. So, so yeah, really cool, really cool. Yeah, so definitely he likes, I mean, as you mentioned, I mean, collaborating often with his buddy, uh, John Favreau, which is pretty cool. Uh, a couple of things here. Uh, gimbals uh, had been long out of business, so it was interesting to me that they decided to use them as the, okay. the Christmas department store. Uh, and actually, this actually ties into going back to uh, Miracle on 34th Street. The, the movie kind of deals with like the rivalry that existed back in the 40s between Macy's and Gimbals. Uh, for like you know oh, okay. store, their supremacy but then it was interesting yeah. that gimbals had actually went out of business back in the 80s but they decided to use the department store in elf which was kind of funny oh, okay and then uh, one more thing that i wanted to share too that i, I old question that i kind of had for you so i know you and your wife are are huge fans of uh zoe de chanel's uh, uh uh musical side project she and him so it's really yes. cool that you get to hear zoe sing but I'm wondering, was that yeah. the first time that we get to see her, hear her sing in, in any recorded capacity? I don't know if, it, if she did in one of her earlier movies, or was that like the first time we really get to hear her voice? I, I bet it probably is. But yeah, I, I, uh, I didn't. Okay, I didn't know when I saw Elf. I didn't know that you know who Zoe Deschanel was. You know, uh -huh. I, I mean, besides that, but it was uh, in college. I got really into the she and him and mm -hmm. the movie 500 days of summer with oh, joseph yeah. gordon levitt i kind of developed a crush on zoe deschanel in college uh but uh yeah that's that might be the first time you you know i'm sure she may have had some minor stuff or you know recordings or something but yeah but that was the kind of her breakthrough of 
for people getting to hear her voice. So. Oh yeah, very cool, very cool. So then, we, I mean, if, if you're not familiar with her her music, you should definitely check it out. She and him's really, really cool. Lots of really cool yes. cover albums that they've done. Uh, this past summer, they did one about for the Beach Boys songs, which was really cool. And of course, they've done yes. tons of like Christmas albums too. I think at least three or four, or maybe three, three out Christmas albums. But mm-hmm. yeah, we got to see him uh, live this summer. Oh, they awesome. did a lot of the Brian. So. Oh, very cool, very cool. Uh, and then yeah. one more thing that I wanted to share about Elf. So as I mentioned, Ed Asner plays uh, Santa Claus in that movie, who has since passed away. Mm-hmm. But it, this also yes. ties into our Cobra Kai conversation because he played uh, Johnny Lawrence's uh, uh, jerk that's of a right. stepdad. <laughs> so it's, yeah, it's such a right. weird contrast to see that, that he was really awesome, great Santa Claus, but then also playing a grumpy, mean-spirited old man in, in Cobra Kai. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. <laughs> But uh, that he did pass um, away, I think, just last year or the year before. So he's obviously no longer with us. But again, it's, it's great yes. that we have these movies that we can go back and rewatch and just uh, enjoy the work that they have given us, which is pretty cool. Um, and a fun fact, my wife and her friend in high school, they recreated Buddy's spaghetti candy maple syrup. Um, oh, really? <laughs> they recreated that and ate it. And she said it's just as bad as you think it would be so <laughs> in case you were curious and thought about trying it uh don't so <laughs> oh, yeah, they cool. got, it's like after dinner mints and maple syrup and you know you wash it down with a coke it just sounds like you know diabetes waiting to happen so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh very fun very cool uh, I wanted to bring up just some recent holiday movies. So there won't be much spoilers on, on these movies because they just came out this year. But I mean, recommendations that I want to give to you, Nathan, if you haven't already seen them and into the listeners as well. Uh, Spirited with uh, Will Ferrell and Ryan Reynolds. That one's on Apple TV Plus. So it's exclusive to that streaming channel. That one's really hilarious and really funny. So I I'd highly Is recommend okay. that one. Yeah, it's, it's like a modern yeah, retelling that- of A Christmas Carol. So, I mean, obviously okay. everyone who's familiar with Christmas probably knows the Christmas Carol story, but uh, it's really entertaining and fun. There's some really interesting and funny musical numbers in the movie. So that's definitely a highly recommended on my part. Um, Does Wolf Ferrell play the Scrooge character or who plays? Uh, no, no, he, he plays uh, Cratchit, the Cratchit character. Oh, okay. Okay. So actually, I, I guess uh, 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 in a way, uh, Ryan Reynolds plays kind of like the Scrooge character. Oh, okay. Yeah, but I don't, I don't want to give away too much of the movie because, again, it, it just, just came out. So I imagine most people listening probably haven't seen it. So I definitely recommend if you don't have a subscription to Apple TV Plus, I would say get it just to watch that movie. And then also to watch uh, Ted Lasso. But... Oh, Ted Lasso, too. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Ted Lasso. And then um, uh, A Christmas Story Christmas. So we were just talking about Peter Lindsay and that particular famous Christmas movie. So. And it also kind of ties into legacy sequels, like we talked about the last time we got together. Mm-hmm. So you get to see Ralphie as an adult man with his own family and several of his friends from, from elementary school uh, also return as grown adults. So it's kind of yeah, yeah, a pretty cool movie. Yeah, we watched that during Thanksgiving and I was pleasantly surprised with it. I wasn't expecting much with it, you know, because I'm like, is this just going to be a kind of cash grab type of movie? But mm-hmm. Uh, you know, me and my wife, we both teared up during it and laughed a lot. And uh, I would, yeah, I would recommend it. I thought it was really good. Oh, awesome. Very cool. Yes, I, I think very similar to Home Alone. It's got a, a good balance between like the, the good sentimental aspect of Christmas and then the kind of silly, funny things that you would expect as well. 
Yeah. And then uh, then lastly, the, the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special, I thought was really funny and really entertaining. So, yeah, thumbs up. <laughs> so good. So good. Very cool. So I'll, I'll leave it at that. So everyone, yeah, those three particular uh, yeah. movie slash holiday specials, everyone should watch. Uh, so do what you have to do if you need to get Apple TV or HBO Max or Disney Plus. So, <laughs> yeah, less you say about uh, Guardians, the better, just because yeah. it's a it was really fun. It was, it was really good. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, so before we get to the the, the like the non-traditional Christmas style movies, like so your diehards and gremlins and Batman Returns, uh, did you have any other fun facts or things you want to share about traditional Christmas movies that you enjoy that we haven't already discussed? Um, I'm trying to think. Oh, I, I always thought it was, I can't remember where I heard this. Um, but with uh, Home Alone, I guess when they were practicing the scene, where, uh, you know, it's like they finally catch Kevin at the Murphy's, you know, like he's running up the stairs and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, they catch him and then they put him on, they hang him up and uh, Joe Pesci's like biting. He's like, I'm going to bite off every one of your little fingers. I guess he like bit really hard and left a scar on Macaulay Culkin's finger. Oh, I heard about I that. Always yeah. thought, I, I always thought that was weird. I'm like, geez, like, I'm sure. I'm like, I don't know if he got in trouble or, you know, what the or if at all, you know, cause it's Joe Pesci and mm-hmm. I guess he hadn't had he No, he hadn't done good uh at that point, but um, yeah, I'm like, I don't know if that would fly today, <laughs> you know, yeah, <laughs> kind of that method acting, biting a child actor's finger, you know, but I always thought that was interesting and kind of scary at the same time. So. Oh yeah, absolutely. Definitely. <laughs> Uh, very cool. Um, okay. Yeah. So I, I'd like to go ahead and jump into to Gremlins. So so first and foremost, do, do you consider Gremlins to be a holiday Christmas special? Do you, is that one that you really enjoy? Uh, I do. I, I mean, it's got, what is it? Um, it's got like at least two Christmas songs in it. Mm-hmm. And it has the infamous scene of um, Phoebe Cates telling the story about santa claus and her dad mm-hmm. oh, which yeah. is one of the most messed up stories in any, <laughs> any uh-huh. movie uh but uh no i do i do consider it a christmas movie you know it's like almost like a christmas horror movie which mm-hmm. is a, definitely a genre so. oh yeah absolutely but absolutely. Uh, gremlins is a lot of fun i, I have to say i prefer Grim- gremlins too i think it's one of the, like a perfect sequel but that's another discussion but oh okay. um but uh, Gremlins is it's a lot of fun, you know the the scene uh, with "Do you hear what I hear?" with with, with Billy's mom going, you know, like walking through the house and hearing noises, like mm-hmm. it's great. It's it's a it's a lot of fun. So oh, absolutely, yeah, yeah. And then a few interesting facts about that one. So it was interesting to read about the fact that uh, at the time the PG thirteen rating didn't exist. And it was because of parental backlash from from Gremlins and from Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom that I guess at the behest of Steven Spielberg, the the Hollywood uh, instituted the PG-13 rating uh, for, I guess, for those movies that aren't quite rated R, but still not obviously don't fall into the PG category, which Gremlins yeah. and uh, Temple of Doom would definitely fall into. Because I remember Temple of Doom, I was yes. terrified. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, when they, when the guy's pulling the guy's yeah. heart out <laughs> of his chest, it's <laughs> like, that might even go into our territory. That's, it's pretty, yeah. uh, yeah, that, that is pretty graphic. <laughs> the, rest, the, rest, the rest of it's really fun, but yeah, that, that part is is definitely very dark. But mm. 
And then uh, for completionists who wish to know, uh, the movie Red Dawn, the about the the Russian invasion of like a small Middle East, uh, middle West, a middle Midwest town in the U.S. was the first movie to get the PG thirteen rating, which I guess was maybe oh, just yeah. like two years later. Yeah, uh, with Patrick Swayze, right? Ah, uh, yeah, what's Swayze? Yeah, Patrick Swayze. Yeah, very cool. Um, and then oh, we got one that also I really really love because I'm just a huge hardcore Back to the Future fan. So the town of Kingston Falls, which is where Gremlins takes place, and Hill Valley, which is where Back to the Future takes place, it's one in the same. It's the exact same town square, oh, exact I same set. So watch both movies again when you get a chance this, this Christmas season. Watch Gremlins and then watch Back to the Future right after, and you'll definitely see the similarities between the two. Okay. And awesome. then, uh, yeah, so it was actually, oh, as you mentioned, uh, there was that, that very dark uh, Phoebe Kate scene, which kind of expresses her dislike for the Christmas season. Apparently, Steven yeah. Spielberg and other executives wanted that scene cut, but it was the director, uh, Joe Dante, who insisted on keeping it in. So I guess kind of, yeah. um, I, I guess it's, it is important to show that side of Christmas where um, to be, I guess, be mindful of other people that they, not everyone necessarily loves this time of year. There could be a lot of hardships yes, yes. or tragedy that people have gone through. So I guess to, to try and be as mindful as we can for those, for those who may not necessarily enjoy the Christmas season. Yeah, I can, I can definitely see why they wanted to cut it, but I also understand uh, that it was Joe Dante that wanted it. And he, you know, he directed the Burbs and uh-huh. Gremlins two and uh, the first Howling movie. So he, he has more of a darker, uh, you know, kind of horror background uh and then you know not so whimsical as you know steven spielberg type of kid films but uh yeah it's it it's really interesting to that there's those both sides i wanted and and didn't want it so Mm -hmm. oh very cool very cool uh was there anything else from gun that you wanted to share um oh uh i don't know if you know at the scene when uh, his dad is at the convention, the, there's a cameo by Steven Spielberg. He's sitting in the time machine, time machine, you know, like from the movie The Time Machine. It's the machine that uh, they travel back in time with, and so like you'll see him in the background in the car, and then in the in like when it cuts back to his dad, the the time machine is gone, like it transported. Oh, I <laughs> thought that was funny. Oh, um, I, but yeah, I, Steven I, I Spielberg. Okay. Yeah. Uh, next time you watch it, it's Steven Spielberg sitting in the time machine, and then it cuts to I think it cuts to Billy's mom, and then back to his dad, and then the machine's gone in the background, like it tra- mm-hmm. time traveled. So. Mm-hmm. Oh, very cool. Very cool. We'll have to definitely uh, check yeah. that out. So, uh, Gremlins yeah, definitely. Yes, I say definitely it's a Christmas movie. But again, with these like Gremlins and Die Hard and Batman Returns, I'm not going to sit down with my almost six year old daughter to watch them. But uh for people who do enjoy them, yeah. yes. Uh enjoy enjoy have a fun time watching these movies at Christmas time. <laughs> yeah. Uh very cool. So Die Hard. Uh what do you think would be the appeal of Die Hard? What what what's some uh your impressions when you watch that for the first time? Um I think Die Hard is a perfect action movie. Uh it is you care about the characters. It's funny. It's suspenseful the acting is great from Bruce Willis to a uh, Alan, Alan Rickman, I think steals the movie. He's mm-hmm. like the perfect villain. Uh, even like a lot of the side characters and side villains are just like funny and unique. And 
they have great one-liners and uh you know it's got carl winslow in it playing a cop as he always does <laughs> uh, um but yeah it's it's definitely a christmas movie i mean it ends with you know it takes place on christmas eve at a christmas party there's santa hats you know there's uh let it snow you know pl- you know kind of going on through the whole movie it's uh it's just, it's just a lot of fun. I think it's a perfect action movie and it's a fun Christmas movie. So, Oh, I, to- I absolutely agree. In fact, uh, another important aspect of the movie that I think sometimes gets overlooked a little bit is the fact that uh, John McClane played perfe- perfectly by Bruce Willis is trying yes. to uh, reconnect with his estranged wife. So, you know, at that time yeah. when, you know, holiday season, we want to be with family. If, if, you know, family relationships are strained, we want to try and, and improve on them. And then, uh, uh, minor spoilers, but again, uh, they're kids who in, they who appear as older uh, adults in later Die Hard movies. I mean, they appear in this one as as young kids, and they play an important part to the the plot as well. So it it is very much a family affair. Uh, the Die Hard movies, and then I absolutely agree with you too. I, I love Reginald Vell Johnson. I mean, I grew up watching Family Matters, so to me, I would just consider uh, yeah Reginald Vell Johnson slash Carl Winslow from Family Matters to be just uh, one of the more like lovable enjoyable uh tv or movie cops that you'll ever see which is really really cool uh a few other also oh oh, sorry go ahead go ahead i was just gonna say he's also a cop in ghostbusters he has you know he's like ghostbusters mayor wants to see you he has that that's right (laughs) you know he's just always uh he's always playing a cop so yeah very cool that's i guess it's a good example of typecasting for him (laughs) yeah very cool. Very cool. Uh, a few fun facts about Die Hard that I wanted to share. Apparently, Frank Sinatra had been offered the role of uh, John McClane at the time when he would have been 73 years old. But I guess he wow. uh, correctly turned it down because, I mean, he probably was going to be too old for the role. But uh, Bruce Willis actually made his uh, on-screen debut in a Frank Sinatra movie called The First Deadly Sin, uh, where they like walk oh, by okay. each other, apparently, which is kind of cool. So almost like a, a metaphorical passing of the torch or whatever, but. I thought that was kind of interesting. And didn't a lot of people get offered the role of John McClane? Like, yeah, yeah. When I was doing the research, like, oh, there are so many names. So, like, Harrison Ford, uh, uh, Mel yeah. Gibson, like, uh, there's quite a few people who were were uh, ahead of uh, Bruce Willis, who at the time, I guess, was mostly known for being in that show, uh, uh, Moonlighting with Civil Shepherd. Moonlighting, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, not, not really the established action hero. So, they, I guess they took a huge risk on, on on signing him, but obviously the risk paid off big time. Yeah. Yeah, he plays a great action star, and he also has that vulnerability that we care about John. And, you know, after he has that argument uh, near the beginning of the movie, you know, with his wife, he's like, way to go, John. You know, he like, talks to himself just like, you know, mm-hmm. we would, you know, I would like, I'm like, I can't believe I said that to my wife. You know, like, I shouldn't shouldn't have been that stupid you know like mm-hmm. it's just he just plays it very well and perfectly so oh absolutely yeah yeah and as you had mentioned earlier alan rickman just the perfect villain as hans gruber is really really great but what's interesting was that uh sam neil had actually been offered the role of uh hans gruber in oh. yeah so i'm um, i mean all due respect to sam neil I'm, I'm glad that alan rickman took it because again he's just perfect in the villain roles that he does whether it's this or the sheriff of Nottingham in the the yes. Hostner Robin Hood movie, so yeah, and I think this was his first one of his first movies too, right? Or at least like first Hollywood movie he made. I, I think so, some... yeah. First like major production in Hollywood, yeah, yeah. So, 
And then lastly, the 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 very famous uh, Nakatomi Plaza is a real building. Uh, the, it's the, the Fox Plaza for the headquarters for Fox Studios. Yeah. So it's a building you can go visit here in L.A., which is pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. Um, one, one of my favorite kind of little tidbits, it, it's a it's a big spoiler if you haven't seen the movie. So mm-hmm. fast forward a few minutes. But, you know, at the end when Hans is holding on to, you know, uh, Holly's watch and you know they he gets released do you know what so like he was doing that stunt and uh John McTiernan the director he instead of releasing him at you know they're going to count down to you know three two one mm-hmm. but instead they did it on on three you know like on the first one and they released him so his look of being dropped is real he wasn't <laughs> expecting to be dropped at that time so he has that kind of shocked look like he's falling and that was that was not acting it was you know alan rickman was caught off guard by uh when they dropped him when uh, opposed to when they told him he would be dropped so uh, very cool that's that's pretty funny <laughs> and pretty terrifying yeah. too so uh, so hopefully he wasn't too upset about yeah. that <laughs> no i i you know i'm sure he once he saw the scenes like okay it, it worked really well and hopefully he was a good sport about it but mm-hmm. oh very good very good Okay, so one more I wanted to mention for the the non-traditional Christmas movies, and there's quite a few of them, to be honest. Like, uh, as, as I think we mentioned before, I mean, you can even look at like Iron Man 3. I think even the first Lethal yes. Weapon, if I'm not mistaken, takes place at Christmas time. Oh, one one not, of the Lethal Weapon I, movies does, I think. Okay. Uh, but the one I want to bring up is uh, uh, Batman Returns. So so Michael Keaton, Danny DeVito, Michelle Pfeiffer, the, the Batman sequel. Uh, originally, there was supposed to be more connectivity between the two Batman movies uh, that Michael Keaton did. Uh, but we get to see that in uh, Batman Returns, I think we get more of like a Tim, Beth, Tim, Tim Burton-esque uh, uh, yes. movie set. So I mean, more, more so than the first one, like the way it looks and even like the, the score from Danny Elfman, it really has that like Edward Scissorhands, like Night Before Christmas type of vibe, I think, which was really cool to see that that type of uh, uh, feel and vibe from Gotham City. Yeah, I know. I know uh, so the 1989 Batman is my actually my favorite Batman movie uh, uh-huh. more. It's a it's it's up there, you know, between that and Dark Knight. But I think I like yeah. '89 Batman the best. I like Michael Keaton's portrayal of Batman and mm-hmm. Bruce Wayne. Um, but yeah, this uh, I think the second one, it's kind of like the black sheep of Batman movies, and a lot a lot of people talk about it because it's it's very dark. Mm-hmm. It's kind of gross. The Penguin is a yeah. pretty <laughs> gross character uh, with multiple scenes. But yeah, it, it definitely, like you said, it's more Tim Burtony. Like you got the circus, and you got like. You know, they're like guys in skeleton, like giant head, skeleton head costumes. You know, like it doesn't like I don't like. Are they part of the circus? I you know it doesn't <laughs> make a whole lot of sense. Uh, but on on some things, but it's a lot of fun. And yeah, it's definitely definitely a Christmas movie. I'd say so. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And then one other fact I wanted to bring up about it was uh, Stan Winston had worked extensively on the prosthetics for the Penguin and then the other, like, uh, I guess, technical aspects. So the more animatronics, which, I mean, he's really famous for for doing, you know, the Terminator, Aliens, uh, Jurassic mm-hmm. Park. So his, his work's just phenomenal that he's done throughout Hollywood. Oh, yeah. And it was really cool just to hear that, yeah, he had his hand in working on uh, Batman Returns. Oh, awesome. Very cool. Very um, cool. Oh, go ahead, Nathan. I always find it. Uh, so we watch um, the movie Hairspray once a year, and it's funny that Christopher Walken and Michelle Pfeiffer 
are both in that movie, then I, I always then I always think oh. of Batman. Like, I, think of, I always think of those two movies together, even though they're not yeah related. Besides Michelle Pfeiffer and you know Christopher Walken, but uh, yeah. Anyways, that that those movies always connect for me for some reason. Oh, very cool. <laughs> Uh, were there any other uh, uh, non-traditional Christmas movies or even going back to just traditional Christmas movies that we haven't discussed that you'd want to bring up? Um, I don't know if you've seen it. Uh, and I don't know if you like horror movies, but Krampus is a lot of fun. It's a PG-13 Christmas horror movie. Have you seen Krampus? I haven't seen Krampus, but I, I heard uh, uh, Adam Scott's in it, right? Adam Scott is in it. Oh, okay, Tony cool. Collette is in it. Okay. Um, and then uh, Todd Packer from The Office. I can't. I can't think of the actor's name. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, <clears throat> but it's a lot of fun. It's uh, you know Krampus is kind of like the anti Santa Claus, where he kind of punishes bad kids or bad people. You know, uh, and it's it's a really cool movie because there's a lot of practical effect monsters. I don't want to spoil too much, but <clears throat> excuse me got tickled my throat um but it is it's just a lot of fun and it's kind of creepy it's not too scary um mm-hmm. but uh it's 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 one we watch every year and it's just a ton of fun so oh okay very I highly, cool. highly, highly so, very cool well, i'm always looking not, for not one to watch with your kids but oh uh, <laughs> definitely not <laughs> Yeah, I'm always looking for recommendations because as we mentioned earlier in the show, like there's so many Christmas movies, it can be kind of daunting and hard to keep track of all of them because I'm obviously Home Alone and Elf will for sure be repeat viewings every single year. Uh, And then I just got the recommendation from other friends of mine, uh, uh, Holly and Stephen Cable, who I know are listeners to the podcast. They recommended Christmas with the Cranks, which I remember hearing about. I've never actually seen it before. That's a Tim Allen and uh, and, and Curtis. Yeah, I, I remember the commercials for that, but I never, I've never seen it. Oh, okay. So that's that's but, one that I, I'm gonna suggest to my wife that if we're just uh, on the couch with nothing to watch, I mean, there's you, you always something to watch, but I'll probably maybe make that suggestion. Hey, let's put on Prisons with the Cranks. Uh, Fred Claus yeah. is the one that I really like a lot with uh, um, uh, Vince Vaughn. We were just talking about him, where okay. he, he I plays I Santa Claus's younger brother, who's like you know kind of disgruntled over the fact that he's he's jealous over Santa Claus being like oh, okay. a cultural icon, and no one pays any attention to him. So Fred Claus is a decent <laughs> movie. I, I recommend checking it out. That's what that's one that we enjoy watching. And I like I like the Santa Claus with Tim Allen. Uh, I've only seen the first one. I haven't seen the other ones. And I know they just came out with a new Disney Plus movie or or series. Uh, oh yeah, it's a series Santa- on Disney Plus, which has pretty been pretty enjoyable. Yeah. Um, the I think it's from the '60s or '70s. The the how the Grinch stole Christmas. You know, it's like a 15 minute cartoon. You know, uh, okay, so not the Susan Terry one. I do like that one, but I uh-huh. prefer the 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 cartoon. You know, the 15 minute cartoon. But I do like the Jim Carrey one. I think it's pretty funny, and uh, it's a the Jim Carrey Grinch movie, it's like kind of like a mixed bag for me. There's some stuff that's really good and funny, but then there's some stuff that's weird and like almost out of place. But mm-hmm. yeah. um, I do enjoy that movie as well. Um, Trying to think if there's any other. <clears throat> um, I don't know if it's a Christmas movie, but we'd well always watch it during Christmas is, do you know, uh, are you familiar with Laurel and Hardy? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, have you seen Babes in Toyland or March of the Wooden Soldiers? 
We have, yeah, yeah. My wife and I have watched it. Oh, okay. We always watch that during Christmas, so I don't even think it's a Christmas movie, but I always associate it with Christmas because I know, you know, the soldiers were ordered for Santa Claus. You know, they're supposed to be like 600 soldiers at one foot high, but they do 100 soldiers at six foot high. You know, they mix up the order. So I think that's the only time that Santa and Christmas is brought up. But growing up, we just always watch that movie during during Christmas. So it's mm-hmm. I always associate it as a Christmas movie. But it's a really fun movie. Uh, if you like Lauren Hardy kind of slapstick uh, type of humor. It's it's a really funny one. So oh okay cool yeah definitely uh, I, oh I, like I said I, we have watched it before my wife and I we watched it a few years ago because she had remembered it and like oh I remembered watching it as a kid too so we ended up watching it together and that was pretty fun. Uh, so so one more to bring up uh, the for sure the the Nightmare Before Christmas which I know is a, a favorite oh, yes. of most people. Uh, there's also the constant debate: is it a Christmas movie? Is it a Halloween? Is it both? I firmly believe that it's definitely both. But uh, but there's definitely the strong Christmas uh, lesson that Jack Skellington learns. So, I mean, again, yeah, going I, back to, to I, Tim Burton, which is interesting. Tim Burton actually didn't direct it. Uh, yeah. The gentleman who did, I, I apologize for not remembering his name, but I remember reading in the news recently, he's a little upset over the fact that Tim Burton kind of gets all the credit. And now I feel bad because I, yeah. because I can't remember his name. <laughs> but yeah, I think I think he did James and the Giant Peach and like Coraline. Yeah, yeah. Uh, gosh, and I... I can't think of his name either, but no, uh, I'd say it's like, for me, it's like 70, 30, it's like 70% a Christmas movie and 30% a Halloween movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, just cause I mean, the majority of it is centered around, you know, Christmas town, you know, in the, in the movie and them kind of taking over, uh, doing Christmas, you know, mm-hmm against you know santa's wishes you know type of thing but um but no it's definitely i can definitely see it as both i remember uh you know people watch on halloween night or you know christmas eve so it's definitely one that can go either way oh absolutely yeah and i'm I'm assuming with my listeners that's probably one that people are definitely watching at both times of the both holidays at before christmas and for halloween which is really cool. Yeah, it's that, um, it's that good. You can watch it, tw- you know, twice within two or three months. It's tw- it's that good of a movie. So. Oh yeah, yeah. And then what I would always tell people for these movies, I mean, if you enjoy them, uh, watch them whenever you want. I mean, it's uh, it's kind of funny that my younger sister, she loved Elf so much that when it first came out, she was watching it like in like the middle of summer. She's like, "Oh, I want to watch Elf right now." So, like, okay, sure, have fun. Yeah. <laughs> have at it. So, so the movies that are the non-traditional style movies of Christmas, like you know, Gremlins and die hard in your batman returns or your iron man threes whatever it is i mean if you enjoy it i'd say watch it you know have fun uh be, be together with your family and loved ones uh enjoying movies or if you're just by yourself yeah. i mean it, it's great movies to watch as well yeah agreed um I, I tend to watch iron man 3 when we do a thing where we rewatch all the marvel movies you know in, uh-huh. in uh in order uh and so i usually don't watch that around christmas time but it definitely is a Christmas movie, you know, after uh, it'd been a few years since I'd seen it, but we, you know, did our Marvel rewatch and I'm like, Oh, this is, this is a Christmas movie, you know, like while I was watching it, I'm like, this could definitely be a Christmas movie. So, but yeah, watch them. Yeah. Like you said, watch them whenever I know I always try to like, I want to wait till Christmas to watch, watch these movies just cause it's, yeah. you know, it's the, the time of year and it, you know, kind of has more special meaning to, to those movies, but. 
Oh, very cool. Very cool. So let me go ahead and put you on the spot, Nathan. If you were to pick just your all-time f- favorite Christmas movie, uh, which movie do you think you would pick? Or if you can't decide between one, I- I'm cool with like two or three. I'd have to, okay if I had to if I had to pick one, it'd probably be It's a Wonderful Life, but Home Alone is right right there. But uh, I don't know I just love like if I only had one Christmas movie to watch during Christmas, it, it'd be It's a Wonderful Life, probably. So, oh, very cool, very cool. Yeah, I I think I'm the same. I think yeah, It's a Wonderful Life followed very very closely by Home Alone. Elf would be a really really close third. Uh, and then, I mean, just, you know, modern Christmas movies, I, I honestly think Spirited is going to be a really popular one. So that would, I mean, even though it's brand new, I think it's really cropped into like one of my top movies as well for, for Christmas. So, um, yeah, wh- whatever you're watching, I mean, I hope everyone's enjoying it and, and loving the, the holiday viewing season because it's just a really fun time of year for watching movies. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you, you got to get your kind of stack of, I mean, we have a stack of Blu-rays still. I'm a... I do some digital movies, but I like, I'm a purist. Uh, oh, very cool. <laughs> so we, we get our stack of movies to watch and, uh, yeah, just kind of pick a watch one or two a week leading up to Christmas. So it's a lot of fun. Very cool. Very cool. Well, that was all the talking points that I had tonight. Was there anything else that you wanted to bring up for Christmas movies or anything else to discuss for the podcast? Um, I guess another one I would recommend is uh, my wife. It's, I think it's my wife's favorite is White Christmas with Bean Crosby and Danny Kay. I don't know if you've seen oh, that. No, I haven't, but I've heard lots of good things. And then that also falls into it, the category of like, you know, cl- uh, Hollywood classics. So I definitely probably should try and watch that one. It's it's on Netflix and I, I highly recommend it. It's got some, you know, it's a lot of musical numbers and but it's it's a lot of fun. And, you know, it's, it's Bean Crosby and Danny Kay can't go wrong with with either. So. Oh, okay. Very cool. Very cool. That's uh, definitely one to, to check out. Cool. Well, if there's mm-hmm. nothing else for tonight, we'll go ahead and wrap up. But uh, Nathan, thank you again uh, for joining me tonight, uh, chatting Christmas movies. And for the listeners, oh, you, I hope you. Uh, you got some recommendations if you needed something for this holiday season. <laughs> love talking about movies and love talking about Christmas movies. So um, yeah, and I'll have to put Miracle on 34th Street on my to-do list. I know it's, it's like the one Christmas movie I haven't seen. So I always feel embarrassed i'm like i haven't seen it don't don't, don't hate me but uh yeah. you know, it's, there's a lot of them and it's, it's hard to remember but yeah that one i'll have to put on my list after your recommendation so thank you very cool oh you're welcome yeah yeah miracle on 34th street and spirited those are the two that i would really recommend but i mean really for christmas movies even if they're not necessarily good i i'd say watch them given a give them a chance and, and if you don't like them cool but <laughs> Very cool. Okay, well, thank you so much for joining me tonight, Nathan. I hope you and Maddie have a very merry, wonderful Christmas and have a wonderful new year. And we'll we'll touch base again soon. I mean, I, you're one of my favorite guests to have on, so I definitely want to have you on for. A oh, thank you. Episodes. Yeah, I hope you and your family uh, have a great Christmas. I'm, I I can only imagine how fun it is to you know have kids and see them wake up on Christmas morning and and everything. So I hope you guys have fun and enjoy that. And you guys are safe and warm i know it's you're in california so yeah yeah, yeah but we've had you know. some unexpected rain recently which is kind of weird but <laughs> oh man californians are they drive horrible in the rain so yeah they do <laughs> we do <laughs> okay well yeah thanks for joining me tonight on the cats for fun podcast nathan and uh, again merry christmas to you and merry christmas to all my listeners thanks everybody <laughs>